Since the early 90s, beer fans have been buzzing about Bent River Brewing. From their crisp and light Mississippi Blonde to the hearty Uncommon Stout, this crafty paradise has been cranking out flavors Quad Cityans can't get enough of. Now with a second location in Rock Island and a busy production line, we're diving into the past to see how it all got started. And we are here at Bent River Rock Island with a man who is one part George Washington, one part Willy Wonka, all part living legend. Tim Coster from Bent River is joining us. Uh, Tim, I meant every word I just said. Well, you're really, <laughs> you're really kind of the mad genius behind all this. And I know you're going to do the, well, there's a lot of people involved. But really, it's all you, isn't it, Tim? Basically, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So tell me, how does this get started? How do you have an idea and, and write it down on a napkin or however you got started, and, and it becomes, many years later, all of this? Walk me through that. Um, in the beginning, basically, a friend of mine went to a homebrew club meeting. We were contemplating making our own beer, that would be cool. Went to a meeting, uh, tasted some beers that we had no clue even were out there. I mean, we had tasted a dark beer like Guinness before, something like that. But we were tasting things like wheat beers and flavored beers and stuff. You, say, you say in the beginning, that would be what year? That when, would what? be around 91. 91-ish. Yep. All right. 1991. Right, right, right. Yep. No, I got you. <laughs> and uh, so we go to this meeting and we show up with our mugs and said, hey, we'd like a beer. And they said, well, what kind of beer do you want? And we said, a homemade beer. You know, so we you thought, know nothing about beer other than you're looking for a hobby. We are drinking strolls and right. you know, whatever okay. is cheap. So this isn't oh. like a lifelong thing. It's no. just a, hey, this is something to do. Yeah. Wow. OK. So we go to this meeting and uh, have these beers that you know, just blew us away. We had no idea that beer had that much flavor or difference or anything. So in a short period of time, after that meeting, we basically were going to start making our own beer. So we tried to get some supplies to make the beer. There was a gentleman that belonged to the club called Muggs, a local homebrew club, who sold supplies. So we got some supplies from him, and we started making our own beer. And he was kind of very hard to get a hold of and not very reliable and didn't have what you wanted and stuff like that. So I took it upon myself to get a license and and start selling. So completely out of necessity. Completely out of necessity. Right. And, and at that time, there weren't even things online and stuff. It was, right. you could get catalogs to buy right. through the mail, but okay. online wasn't happening yet. So I started selling beer supplies out of my basement. And I live out in the country, let's say, a ways away. So it was kind of an issue for people to come to my house and buy supplies. So I shored up with a partner and we started selling supplies out of his house, which was in Moline. And he became much more busier than me simply because more people were able to get supplies at his house. Right. And then shortly after that, uh, both of our wives said, this ain't gonna happen no more. <laughs> Just and too much, there's too yep, much stuff going yeah, on in Too the much house. traffic, weirdos. So it know. starts out not as a beer, but as supplies to sell beer. Supplies to make beer. Or to make beer, I'm sorry. And wine. Yeah, right, okay. So it starts off as strictly supply. That's the end of the business you're in. That's and again, you're not thinking, I'm gonna make a bazillion dollars. You're just thinking, there are people that have this I'm need. thinking, I can get my supplies for nothing. Right, and let them pay for my supplies. <laughs> pay for my hobby, Okay, basically. I yeah. love it, I love it. Yeah. So at what point does that become 
supplies become making our own beer on a on a large scale right river right okay when does it right when do we get bent river um so i have a homebrew supply in moline okay called koski homebrew fixins and probably a couple years into running that business out of the location where bent river is now in moline okay uh I had several customers who always had the fantasy of starting a brewery. I mean, that's what home brewers do. Yeah, I want to have my own brewery. So one day, one of my customers comes in, and he had been looking for a place for a brewery for quite some time. And he comes in and tells me, hey, uh, did you know that this building is for sale? And I said, no, I didn't know that. And he said, not only is it for sale, somebody's got a bid on it. And if they get it, your home brew shop won't be here because right. he wants to put in a restaurant. Okay. And I just had a month-to-month lease with my landlord okay. at the time. So this is not good news, bad news. This is bad news, bad news. This is bad news because the business was doing pretty good. Right. I mean, it actually was doing well. Right on. Um, and so he said, you know, I got in touch with our landlord and said, asked him the question, is this building for sale? Yes, it is. How much do you want for it? Okay. Basically, he made the offer right there and said, you know, I'll offer you this, and he took that, and we bought the building right away. This is still early 90s. Early 90s. Mid 90s by now, huh? And the, and the building that I bought housed my homebrew shop on one side okay. and Moline Beauty School on the other side. So it's, <laughs> walk me through this, <laughs> yes. all right? Walk me through this. Homebrew supplies slash beauty shop. This is... Where that's, ben the River building, starts. that's the building that right, was purchased, right. right? You're not selling beauty supplies no. and, no. although I would make this argument, this Ben River beer, it's a beauty supply. Oh. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> oh. And uh, I already feel prettier. <laughs> so you've got the shop. Got the and, shop. You're, and you're sharing space with a beauty supply. Yes. Or beauty shop. Beauty shop. Okay. But, but he's going out of business. That's okay. why he's selling the building. Okay, makes sense. So we purchase, I purchased the building. I offer the gentleman that was looking for a place to put the brewery half the building for part of the stock okay. in the business. Okay. In River Brewery. All right. And at that time, I had no, no intention on being a brewer or nothing. I was going to have my own brew shop, and he was going to have what he wanted, right. a place for his brewery. Right. And I would help him with supplies. And, you know, it was a, it was a relationship that we built that way. And I owned stock in the brewery. So I know how that was kind of cool, too. I know how the story ends because I'm a big fan. But at the time, this seems like an incredibly foolish idea. Am I wrong? I mean, did people tell you you're Logist- nuts? Logistically, after we got into the project of really gutting the, the beauty school and figuring out where things were going to go and how things were going to happen. And right. How there's stuff had to go down the basement and come out of the basement right. and all that stuff. There's, it, there's something wrong with all of you thinking this is going to work a, out. It's a terrible, terrible Bad idea. I mean, on paper and everything, this is a terrible idea. Yep. Yes. Tim, but, I don't want to crush your dream. <laughs> But if you and I had been pals back then, I would have said, this is, this is silly. Uh, yeah, but most of my pals back then were really pumped up and excited. Well, that's, and said, I'm, oh, glad, that's I'm, cool. glad, I'm glad you had them. Yeah. That's awesome. So you are now gutting this place and making it into Bent River. Yep. Um, gutting it, doing as much work as we can ourselves. Uh, it just grew and grew and grew and grew. We had several issues uh, first of all, we had to come up with more investors because we just, between the two of us, didn't have the money for the equipment. Stuff right, right. Itself. So we, so he basically took 
all that by the reins and developed a stock program where people could invest in the Bent River and stuff like that. And we got the investment and we did all the renovation that we could do all ourselves and found the equipment that we wanted, got that going on, battled with the city of Moline on several issues at the time. At the time, uh, we were like the we were like the fourth startup brewery in the Quad Cities. So there were some before us. Right. First in Moline, and they were uncertain about that. And the state of Illinois was really kind of at that time. Because this is before the craft beer, home beer revolution where we take for granted the world we live in now. Back then, they're looking at you like you're a couple of maniacs making rot gut in a bathtub, right? It's, it was, we were viewed that way. Right, right. And we had personality and character and well, yeah. reputation. You're all, you're <laughs> yeah, all right, slightly right. insane to right. begin with. You're all a little, little unhinged. You have this crazy idea and you're asking a, a government to say, yeah, that's okay. Yep. They did eventually, obviously. They did eventually, obviously, when they found out that, you know, they get a piece of the pie and right. everything's it's good. It's funny how that works. I know. Yeah. Everything's good now. Uh, you've got the you've got the, everything built and you're ready to go. You're ready to start making beer. Mm-hmm. Who gets to make the beer? Who's going to be the one in charge of that? That wasn't me in the beginning. Really? No, we uh, the the customer that I had that started Bent River basically had somebody else in mind. That person fell out of grace, uh, and I was just the next most logical person to really? step in there. Yeah. Really? As far as brewing, yes. So there's a lot of this story where you're just kind of the guy. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of. I mean, you're just kind of Tim, mythy, you're just, mythy stuff. Out right. There. So yeah. you're you're just kind. Of, a lot of it is just right place, right time kind of stuff. Yep. Falling in. Just just all fate. Because I would have yep. assumed you were born with a silver growler in your crib. <laughs> this just all kind of sort of comes together naturally and organically. Yes. Wow. Very much so. Wow, that's Very great. So. That's great. Um, and then from there, we, we just had a, a, a lot of struggle, a lot of uh, money issues in the beginning, a right. lot of struggle. Uh, we were able to physically open the facility and, and serve other tap beers, uh-huh. which there were a few craft beers that you could get in this area at that time right. that we would put on draft along with the, the common ones that everybody would have. And we ran as a, a very small, narrow, long bar with no equipment behind it for a good year. First beer that you make is? A pale ale. Pale ale, is it still available? Is it the, still available. Is that, the, is that the paddle wheel or? Mm-hmm. So the paddle wheel is the first beer you guys make? Right. As, as Bent River? As Bent River. Describe that for me, what was, what's, why, did, why do you start there? When we, when we got the equipment, mm-hmm. the, the people that we bought the equipment from come out, install the equipment, give you some basic recipes to work with, mm-hmm. and then you take that and you, knowing what I know from the business, kind of tweak it around. You just don't want to make, you know, a recipe that somebody hands you. You right. want to you know, put your stamp right. on it. So, right. So we tweaked it a little bit and basically. How much tweaking do you have to do for it to be? Different? Yeah. Not much. Right. Not much. So it's just a matter of a little less of this, a little more of this. Right. I'm not going to ask you for any of your recipes, You're not going to get any. <laughs> <laughs> but there's just, a, you just tweak it enough and do you find you don't have to do too much tweaking for it to completely alter the, the flavor profile? I mean, you, you, you mess well, yeah, around too much. You know, we're not completely altering it. That's, you know, what styles are styles because they fit in into a range of categories. You know, right. They have certain bitterness, they have certain color, they have certain 
uh, sweetness, maltiness, dryness, whatever it is that pertains to a particular style. So right a pale ale is just a nice, what you would look for in a pale ale is a nice balance between hoppiness and, and uh, you know, you don't want it too bitter, you don't want it too sweet. You Are want you, it right in the middle. It's, it's good quaffable beer. You start, so you start with the pale ale, one, because it's something that you've kind of perfected the recipe and made it your own, but also is it a an easier beer to make than say uh, Uncommon Stout or some of the more complicated stuff you guys got into? I wouldn't say easier, I would just say if you're a brewery you're gonna have a pale ale. Oh, that's what you start. Um, yeah, like I mean, let's say I wanted to start a brewery tomorrow. You would say if you start come with in, a pale ale. Yeah. Somebody comes in, I want a beer, that's a beer. And that's okay, that, no, makes, you're sense. Not gonna... that makes sense. So walk me through it, um, the next couple of beers that start showing up. You've got the uh, pale ale and that's going like gangbusters. Well, actually, when we started, we brewed the pale ale, and right after that, we had a couple other beers that we that we put into uh, production right off the bat. Uh, Oatmeal Stout was our choice for a dark uh, stout beer. Uh-huh. Uh, we came up with, we wanted to come up with some sort of introductory beer for craft people to come in and say, hey, you know, I like uh, Bud Light or Miller Light or something. You have something light that I can try, you know, that you make here, which was which was kind of a push sale for this area at that time. People weren't that open to it, the general public. How important is that for the beer to be accessible? Because I think, I think there are people who shy away from craft beers because it's a lot to take in at once. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of information that you, that you have to get, and it can be intimidating. How important is that to you at Bent River to have it be, I mean, to have something that you can say to somebody if you like sort of the mass-produced beers this is a way to kind of get in. A gateway beer, if you will. A gateway beer. Right? Uh, important. I think it would be important for anybody in the business sense of things, as right. far as brewers go, you know, the crafty people, the, the guys that want to make it, you know, right. they're, they're not that keen on making, you know, light right. beers. You know, right. they want to make the big heavy IPAs and something. Right, strong. right. So business-wise makes a lot of sense. The truth is your, your light beer, like our blonde and stuff, uh, are more difficult to make for a craft brewery because there's, there's nothing there to hide any type of small mistakes that you might make in the process. A I light see. beer like that is very difficult to make and have it taste clean and good. Interesting. Um, I would think that it would be the opposite. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult because it's, there's nothing there to... So when you make a mistake, <laughs> A mistake. Never happened. It's serendipity, <laughs> right? You can put a little bit more of one or the other ingredient in to, as you say, kind of mass. Yeah, at the, yeah, at the, at the scale of brewing that we're doing, all of our batches are, are slightly different. Right. I mean, we're just not, not in a position to control things like a big brewery would. Uh -huh. Have a lab with five people in there making sure that everything's the same. Blah, that's blah, not blah, necessarily blah. a negative, though, is it? Not at all. Right? I mean, that's I mean, this Uncommon Stout tastes very similar to Uncommon Stouts I've had before, but let me see. Yeah, there's, oh, yeah, a, there's really, a little difference. I'm tasting yeah, it now, yeah, Tim. Yeah, yeah. I'm tasting it. It's and that's just it. I mean, you know, you... my palate, though, is, is, is very advanced. I don't know that most people would catch it, but I'm able to say, yeah, I could taste a, a little, uh, is it a hint of cumin, paprika? <laughs> what did you put in this one? It's, there's something there. I'll get to the bottom of it. Oh, good luck on that. So you start with, uh, with those beers, you're in business, you're up and running, and you're, I gotta ask the name, Bent River. Bent River. I think I know where that comes from. Okay, what do you think? 
Is it because the river's bent here where yeah, we live? Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. A lot it's of people don't that get simple. that. A lot of people right. don't get that. So good that we can, I mean, this is the only we can place, clear that up. Right this is the now. only place, the Quad Cities is the only place where the river runs east the and west. east and west, right. not north and south. So that's kind of a big deal. Right. Why wouldn't you highlight that in your brand name? Right. And there's a, there's a legend behind that. It's an Indian legend. No, wait a minute. Is this real? This is real. All right. This is real. All right. Uh, there's a legend, and I'm not sure it must be the local Sak Indian tribe, I would okay. imagine. All right. But I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, that says that when we've the, got fact checkers working okay, hard right now with the, with the pop-up bubbles, they'll correct any mistakes you <laughs> I make. Bet. Uh, that the when the Indian maiden was plowing the the path for the river to go, uh -huh. starting up in Minnesota, right. the, the head of the Mississippi. I dig. When she was plowing this path, she was so awestruck with the beauty of this area that she looked over her shoulder and altered the course of the river right here in the Quad City. Interesting. And that's why it runs east to west here. So what's changed? I'm not sure. <laughs> what, did, what was so beautiful that she had to take a turn here? White man. <laughs> White okay, man so we, uh, we ruined everything. <laughs> oh, man. So we've kind of heard about the beginnings of, of Bent River. Now, when you look at where you're at with all the locations and all the lines and, and all that's happened, talk to me about how you get from there to here, all that's happened as far as expanding. Is it, did it go too fast? I mean, do you look back and say, how, are, how did we get here? Yeah, it's kind of a dreamy type thing. You gotta marvel I mean, at it, because it's kind of nuts that 20 some years ago, you're going to Muggs Club, right. and now here we are at the Rock Island location, there's the Moline location right. of Bent River. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of uh, hard time leading up to this sure uh before uh some new investors came online i believe in 2008 mm -hmm. before that time bent river the original site in moline was was struggling pretty bad i mean really we we were profitable as a brewery but the maintenance issues and things were getting beyond our ability to correct them without additional investment right and stuff like so you that. have the expansion how many total Different beers has Benton River made in all this time? Different lines. Uh, out of my out of my job description. You just have to guess. You just uh, have, yeah. give me a ballpark figure. Ten, twenty, fifteen, thirty. Between twenty and thirty. Probably. Between twenty and thirty different beers. Yeah, some some one offs, some. Right, right. You do things that are just kind of seasonal or or one off experiments things. that you kind right. of go with. Right. And if it if it works, you keep bringing it back. Do you have stuff that you do to only a point? Once a year? I mean, we're, we're we're getting limited because there's a couple of our products that are in such demand that we, you know, this facility is getting maxed out. Well, I'll give you an example. I don't know if you know, I'm, I'm sure you know this, but there's a whole community of people that online will, will socially interact to let people know where they can get their Jingle Java when it's mm -hmm. the holidays. Mm -hmm. To the point now in my house, it's not Christmas unless we have at least a six pack of Jingle Java in the fridge. And that's just, I mean, that's, you look forward to that. That, that has become part of the holiday experience at the Lavora house. You've got to have the jingle java. That's a seasonal thing. It's a, yep. And that's based on uncommon stout with a little bit of Christmas thrown in. Basically, yes. Whose idea was that, the jingle java? Because I owe that man a the hearty hug. Jingle java, I'm not sure who had actually came up with that, but the uncommon originally uh, was, came up with our general manager many years ago in Moline. Mm -hmm came up with the concept of adding coffee to the beer. Now, remember when Uncommon Stout first came out, that was kind of nuts. We, yeah, we, we looked into it. We thought we may have been the 
first brewery to actually come up with that concept, but I, I believe we were beaten out by one or two okay. bigger craft breweries out west. It's first I think any of us right. ever heard of it, though. First any of us ever heard of it. Right. And, and certainly introduced it to all of us here. Right. The, and the name Uncommon at the time, we were getting coffee from various places when we were making this coffee beer. Uh-huh. And there was a little market in Davenport called the Uncommon Market. Okay. I don't know if you remember that. It's been closed for quite some time, but it was just a little market that we would go in and they'd sell our beer and bottles there back in the day. And we would get coffee from them and we struck a deal with, so we'd a, use your coffee and call it Uncommon Stout and let people know that that's where the coffee came from. So they call it the common market is where you sell things. The uncommon market is a play on the common market term. No, they it, called it uncommon it market. Was that was the name of the place. or Uncommon market. That was, was the, the name of the store, of the, the uncommon yeah. market. So you got the coffee there, and that's why it's called uncommon stout. It's a great name. So even though uncommon market doesn't exist anymore, you can still get uncommon stout. Yes. That's beautiful. It's a, that's a legacy right there. Yes. It's, and it's... It's why we're here. I mean, the uncommon stout is this the beer that, that built all of this place? This is the beer that built Rock Island. For no sure. kidding. No for kidding. Sure. The and, uncommon and, stout and basically, basically brought Moline to profitability. How far away do you sell Bent River beer? I've I've bought it in Wisconsin Dells. I've I've, I've seen it all over the Midwest. How far away can you get uh, Bent River beer? Iowa and Illinois pretty well covered. We're, we're holding back on markets in Chicago because of because this facility is is basically becoming maxed out for lack of a better term so we're very careful we want to be able to meet demand before we can go into a market like that because once you break a market that right. big right and you cannot deliver then you you'll never get certain customers back i see so it's it's wide open i mean we're, are you going to need to build a bigger facility at some point uh, i'm afraid so Afraid so. I'm afraid so. That's so that that's interesting. Your perspective is afraid so. Because there's a it's lot of work. <laughs> because right. made it's, it's a huge it's a huge amount of work, isn't it? It is. But do you think eventually there will be a, another place bigger than this place that that brews? I think it's inevitable. I mean, the the numbers right now show that. Yeah. But yeah. Unless we totally mess things up. But you cannot make enough beer right now, is what you're telling me. We can make enough beer right now for where you're servicing. For, you can make enough beer. Right. But, but if we were be, we're being approached now. Okay, so that's different than going out and. Selling I understand your people in Chicago want right, this. Right, right. We're not going out it. and selling our product. People are coming to us and asking for the product. Mm -hmm. So, but this seems like a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. There seems to be no end in sight for Bent River Brewing, a business success brewed from the mug up.